And the, the big story is how Canada is leading the world's ghost gear cleanup efforts. We decided we better track somebody down to maybe explain it to our audience because you might find it interesting too. And joining us on the show today is the founder of Emerald Sea Protection Society, Burton Scott. Hello, Burton. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? Uh, not bad, thank you. Hey, I got, okay, explain to everybody right out, of the, right out of the gate here what ghost gear is. Sure. So ghost gear is effectively any lost fishing gear that ends up in the water that has uh, no connection anymore to the surface. So ghost gear is lost and then remains in in the marine environment, uh, often for decades, uh, continually fishing. So that that equipment is designed to catch fish. And even when it's lost, it it doesn't lose that uh, the ability to do so. And as it's lost, it'll actually attract more fish in because, or fish other wildlife, because it's continually baiting with uh, the fish and crabs and things that it catches over time. So it becomes kind of a, a never-ending cycle of things getting caught, baiting new things in, and and so on and so forth. And there's a food source there for other fish, right? If they're just kind of caught up in a netting or something, I'm assuming. Yeah, exactly. It's essentially baiting. Yeah. So what what we use to like catch crabs, for example, is is uh, often bits of fish and and things like that. So the the nets effective effectively becoming uh, a new trap. Hey, so how big a problem is this? Uh, it's it's kind of hard to quantify how big of a problem we're actually dealing with. Uh, uh, in our experience in BC, but in Canada in, in general, because we don't have a clear idea of how much stuff is out there. Right. Um, what I can tell you is these uh, this type of marine debris is incredibly damaging. Um, it, it fishes indiscriminately, so there isn't a target species that if, that's affected by these things. Right. And essentially, anywhere we've we've uh, kind of narrowed down to look for the stuff, we've found it. So it's pretty widespread uh, along the BC coast and, and along the uh, east coast of Canada as well. It is So you're focusing mostly on Canadian uh, waters, I'm assuming, but t- tell me, we can't be the only ones guilty of this, right? Are we? No, uh, there, there's studies actually showing that um, marine-based plastics for the fishing industry are one of the largest um, marine debris sources that we're facing with in our world oceans. So annually, the, the numbers that are kind of thrown around are 640,000 tons of fishing gear added to the ocean every year. Mm-hmm. And those numbers are obviously, you know, based on what we've been able to to collect with uh, the projects that are happening. But as you know, the oceans are vast and uh, it's really hard to put a, a very clear number on that. Okay, so let's tell everybody how Canada is one of the leading groups, one of the leading countries on the planet in terms of cleaning efforts up. Tell us a little bit about your business. Yeah, for sure. So Canada is it was an early adapter. Uh, we started our organization in 2017 before this was uh, like a really clear uh, issue in the public eye. But since 2017, we've seen a lot of uh, government support as well as uh, private support for these types of projects. Uh, we had a bill passed in the House of Commons to basically support groups like ours, community-led organizations with funding, to uh, to go out and address the problem. So Canada has done a very good job of establishing <clears throat> these these kind of grassroots networks uh, along both coasts. Um, as far as I know, there's not much happening in the Arctic, but uh, 
But the east coast of Canada and the west coast has, has quite a few organizations who are dealing with kind of their own little niche aspect of, of uh, ghost gear and marine debris. Hey Burton, when did you get started with the, uh, the Emerald Sea Protection Society? When did they get rolling? Uh, we started the organization 2017. Okay. Uh, it kind of came out of uh, my grab background as a commercial diver. So I was at work, um, you know, doing my day job. And every single time I dove, I would see something that wasn't supposed to be there. Uh, and then that really kind of kind of took me because uh, obviously looking out at a, a pristine ocean setting, you don't really imagine what's below the surface. And what I was able to see was pretty much everywhere you look under the water, there's, there's going to be something that's not meant to be there. So that was what uh, really kind of pushed me to find some people who were kind of uh, of the same mind and yep. get something started. And that's how Emerald Sea started up. So what, what was probably the most unusual thing you stumbled upon down there? So one or two well, things? There's, uh, you know, you often find derelict boats are always a funny one. It's pretty obvious that right. boats sink, but um, we found boats. I've, I've stumbled upon uh, abandoned mining equipment. There's every bit of household uh household debris that you find like i found washing machines dryers wow. stoves um you know pretty much anything you wouldn't expect to find in the ocean you'll find it there <laughs> yeah so. Got, gotcha so so how do you think we're doing how long is this going to take i guess it's going to be a continual process year to year to year to year oh for sure it's everywhere we look like i said we're finding stuff and uh it's it's one of those things where like, for example, we've been working on this one project in a community in northern BC, and we're going back there in March. This will be the fourth time back to this area. Okay. And we've got to probably go back another two to three times to, to clean up all the all the gear that's there. Um, it's in, in BC alone, we've got 20,000 kilometers of coastline. So it's uh, it's a pretty hard thing to quantify, but uh, as long as we can keep funding these projects, then we'll probably have work for the next fifty to one hundred years. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. Ghost gear too. When you you know, obviously we talk about fishing nets and that kind of stuff, but there's a lot of plastics floating around out there. I I've been watching these stories about the one spot in the middle of the Pacific where it just collects because all the currents mm-hmm. seem to come together there. Uh, yep. How long? It's I don't know if we're ever going to get rid of that unless we get it through our thick skulls that we've got to be a little smarter. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a tough one because the, the Pacific gyre, which you're talking about there, is, is an accumulation of, of all of these uh, land-based sources of plastic. So the plastics that end up there are actually quite old and broken down. So it's, it's an incredibly hard thing to, uh, to try and figure out how to clean up what's known as microplastic. Um, and even in that jar, they're finding that a large uh, portion of the plastic that's in there is is uh, fishing gear related. So we see a lot of because uh, the equipment that's designed for fishing is is designed to be robust and yeah. long lasting. But unfortunately, that has that the added um, you know not good effect of of never really disappearing in the. Uh, in the marine environment. So it's definitely an issue that's taking, uh, will take a lot of effort and, and smart minds coming together to solve, but definitely one that I feel like is solvable for sure. Okay. Especially well, on the BC coast. If you're, if you're positive and upbeat, I'll, I'll be positive and upbeat. Somebody says, so why would I care? Well, why wouldn't you care? 
right? Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a tough one. It's like I guess human nature to again the whole out of sight, out of mind thing. I can't see it, so yeah. Why does this affect me? But uh, when you think about um, the sources of microplastics and and how they end up in our food supply, for example, if if we eat wild caught fish, the likelihood of being exposed to um, volatile chemicals and microplastics is pretty high because it's in the food chain and we are the top consumer of that food chain so we end up with all of that stuff going through our systems as well so there's if you eat fish it's something that you should be concerned about hey that's on us hey thank you for your time today and uh continued success with uh i actually you know i shouldn't say continued success i hope that your success ends at some point burton you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be great. Hey, listen, uh, yeah, Burton Scott. Then on to the next thing. Exactly. Thanks for your time today. The founder of Thanks. Emerald Sea Protection Society joining us today to talk about ghost gear. Look it up. It's an interesting topic.